You are listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. For more information about our church, please visit www.hopechurchipswich.net. I'm going to begin in just a moment. Um, God, I feel God really wants to encourage us this morning. Really wants to encourage us and give us hope that goes beyond, um, just beyond human hope. He wants to give us supernatural hope today. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of worship. The gift of singing and lifting our eyes and lifting our hearts to you. Putting our focus off of ourselves and onto you. We thank you for your love for us. Your faithfulness. We thank you that your love endures forever. Your loving kindness goes beyond any other love that we could hope for. We thank you for your life-giving hope that you've given to us. pray you would encourage us this morning. I pray, give us ears to hear what you want to say this morning. I'm sure many of us have already heard you speaking this morning. I pray, give us ears to hear and soft hearts. I want to pray this from Ephesians 3, that you may grant us to be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit in our inner beings, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints What is the breadth and length and height and depth? And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Father, give us strength to believe and receive your love this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're continuing in our series on Go. We heard from Tom last week as he spoke to us to go and make disciples. And this week I've got a very simple message called Going to the broken. We're going to talk about going to the broken this week. We want to do this series called Go because uh, Jesus has made Christians to be people who are born again to do good works. It's part of our purpose. It's part of our whole existence. If you are in Christ, then you are born again to do good works. We want to be the people he has created. We want to be mobilized. We want to be a people of action. Last week, in this service, second service, we had a picture of one of those rubber toys that you turn inside out and put on a counter and it springs up or you put it on the end of your finger and it flies off. And we felt God was saying to us, I want you to be a people who are turning outward to Ipswich. I want you to be looking out to the people of Ipswich and, and bringing the kingdom of God to Ipswich. And we've had other words that God would send out many to other nations, other towns, And we want to be sent out into Ipswich. So we've got to turn outward. We want to be people who are looking out to see what God has got for us to do in Ipswich. Today I'm talking about going to the broken. I wonder if you yourself are thinking, I I need I need hope. I feel quite hopeless. Or whether you just look around and you think people need hope. Hopefully, today, you're feeling I have a great hope. I have a great hope. I want to encourage you in that. It doesn't take a genius to know that there is brokenness all around us. Just last week, we were, we were mourning the death of a boy, 17, who had been killed just up the road from us. Brokenness is all around us. I heard this week, I didn't realize but, uh, before, but the, there is one of the most persecuted and rejected people groups in the world, living in large numbers in Ipswich, the Romani Romanians. I didn't realize they are one of the most rejected people groups. We have them on our doorstep. There are in our congregation teachers, social workers, ambulance drivers, nurses, 
all sorts of people. You ask them, policemen, ask them, and they will be able to tell you story after story after story of brokenness that they see day in, day out. We're surrounded by it. If you walk through the town, you would walk past people who are caught up in addiction, people who don't know where their next meal is coming from or where they sleep that night, people who haven't seen their families for years, people who have lost everything, broken marriages, desperation all around. And most of us are very good at hiding it, aren't we? You can look at the comments section. I don't advise it, but the comments section on any website and you see hatred come through. As people have any kind of trivial misunderstanding or disagreement and it turns quickly quite angry and nasty. But we don't even have to go as far as the internet. We can look at our own lives. and We know that brokenness has touched every one of us. We have either been the recipients of brokenness, terrible decisions and circumstances, or perhaps we know I've been the perpetrator, in fact, of uh, terrible decisions and circumstances. It touches all of us, whether it be in quite superficial ways or, in fact, quite life-changing and deep, deeply scarring ways. Even among us, we know of addiction and depression, fear and anxiety, hurt or bitterness from past abuse, need for approval, drug problems, eating disorders, guilt, shame, selfishness, morbid introspection. We just know we're a broken people. And the Bible offers an explanation for the brokenness in the world. As Tom said last week, when a nation turns its back on God and onto self, it is the weak who are brushed aside so that people can fulfill self-desires. We know the Bible says we haven't just turned away from God as a nation, but as a human race. We've turned away from God and onto self. And so whoever gets in my way for what I want, I will quite often push aside and try and trample on to try and get what I want. We know that there's an infection in the human heart because of the fall. We were created, in fact, to be in wonderful, life-giving relationship with God himself. But we rejected him. There was an original goodness that has been spoiled and broken, and we know it has infected the human heart. As a result, we feel a desperate lack our very deepest purpose to be glorifying God and worshipping Him and in relationship with Him is missing. And we fill that hole with all sorts of messy attempts to find life. Again, I could go through the list. Addiction, fear and anxiety and depression. All things that, that are, are, are there because we're missing this relationship with God. We need this comfort. We need this love. We need this trust from Him. And as a human race... We know there is brokenness there. But today we're talking about what our hope is. I don't want to just get us on a downer. We're just setting the scene here that we know we are surrounded by brokenness and we're in fact wading in it at times. And many of you may know this week in secret place just weeping or feeling loneliness or, or letting anger overtake you. I was with someone only a week ago who was just sobbing having going through depression, not knowing when is this going to turn around. I just feel like life is not worth living. I feel like everything is going down and it touches all of us. But there is a hope. I'm going to talk about today what is our hope. How do we live out of our hope? And how do we go to the broken? So as Christians, I hope that you know the answer to our hope is Jesus. We're going to look at Jesus in the early 
days of his ministry in Luke's gospel. So we're looking in, in Luke in chapter 4, um, just for this, last, this, this first part here. And setting the tone, setting the scene, Jesus has just been uh, baptized. If you know the, the scene, Jesus has been baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And uh, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. And um, uh, God the Father speaks from heaven and says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So Jesus is anointed and he is baptized and he uh, is affirmed by the Father and the Spirit comes upon him. And from there he goes to be tested in the wilderness for 40 days by the devil. And he comes through victorious, never once giving in to temptation. Always, every time saying, it is written. I stand on the promises of God. I'll trust in him. I'll go his way. And he comes through victorious. And it is in, after these two events that now we, we read in, in verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now these teachers of the law and people in the synagogue would have heard these uh, verses a few times before, I'm sure. But something this time was different. This time it's not somebody just reading them. Not someone just quoting them, but someone declaring, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, the recovery of sight to the blind. He sent me to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Immediately after this, so he's just, he's been baptized He's gone through his testing, and then he's declared, now is the time. Now is the time where I begin to usher in the kingdom of God. Where I begin to change things. Where I begin to say, it's time for God. God's landed. God is changing things. God is turning things the right way up again. And immediately we start seeing him going to teach with authority. Speaking truth to lies. He casts out evil spirits and sets oppressed people free, just as he said he would. He heals people wherever he goes. Do you see what he's doing? He's ushering in something, saying, hey, something's changing. Something has changed. And hope starts to spring forward. He's beginning a revolution. We're seeing a hint, a trickle, something has changed. It's like there's been a winter for thousands of years and now the great freeze is beginning to thaw and Aslan is on the move. Hope, renewal, life, the start of restoration of what was meant to be. Here it comes. Here it comes. Something is changing. Everything is going to change. Or to put it another way, the once glorious garden that has been growing ugly 
and ugly and overgrown with weeds. They're completely taking over. And here comes the gardener pulling up thorns and thistles that destroy. And what you start to see peeking through is beauty and color. As he comes to bring hope, renewal, life, the start of restoration of what was meant to be. Or again, it's like it's been a cold and lonely night for a long, long time. And suddenly a glimpse, a slither of sunshine on the horizon. As you know, a new day is dawning. Here he comes. Here he comes. Hope is coming. Renewal is coming. Life is coming. The start of restoration of what it was meant to be. It's like a marriage, a painfully distorted and bitter marriage awakened with sparks of care and compassion and forgiveness, hope, renewal, the start of the restoration of what was meant to be. I'm going to keep going. It's like a drought in the desert, a desperate land with barely a sign of life, so needing replenishment. And now, from nowhere, drop, drop, drip, drip, rain starts to come. Movement, life. And here he comes with hope and renewal and the start of restoration. It's like a loved one who died too young and the flat line is going in the background in the hospital with the family weeping around the bedside and suddenly, beep, beep, beep. Here it comes. Hope, life, restoration. Jesus' ministry is one of ushering in the kingdom of God. Everything that was broken, everything that was distorted, everything that was diseased, he is coming to say, behold, I make all things new. I turn it the right way up again. That's my ministry. That's what I'm about to do. He's about a work of salvation. The redemption of mankind and reestablishing the relationship of God and man that is life as it was always meant to be. John's gospel begins by proclaiming, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Here comes the light, Jesus, piercing through the darkness. Here he comes. And hope is coming. And things are changing. And this is it, the dawn of a new day. This is hope for us. Everywhere he goes, after he said, this is the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Everywhere he goes from then on, he says, he, he speaks truth and wisdom against lies and foolishness. He loves the rejected. He heals the sick. He forgives sinners. He frees the oppressed. He comforts and joins the hurting. Weeps with those who weep. He comforts them. He delights in bringing life. As he ushers in, something has completely changed. And that restoration work culminates at the cross where all of our brokenness and the brokenness of the world was poured on Jesus and he was broken for us and in our place. And in that act of death and resurrection, he secured the dawn of the new day. He didn't just brush suffering and brokenness under the rug. He jumped right into it. He felt it. And then he took it upon himself 
and he replaced it with hope and life. Isaiah 53 describes this. He says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we're healed. By his wounds we're healed. The one who, the Bible says the earth is his footstool. The Bible says by his breath all things are sustained. And by his wounds we are healed. This is incredible that he would come in and bring in the revolution. All we like sheep have gone astray. Every one turned to his own way. And the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, and he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. On the cross, Jesus dealt the final blow to brokenness. He defeated death itself by laying down his life and taking it up again in resurrection victory. Our hope is in the one who lay his life down but took it up again. He said, follow me. I'm the one who brings in life. I'm the one who brings in the kingdom of God. And because he rose from death, he's still ushering in the kingdom. Just last week in uh, in this building, we had two people healed in their bodies, one in each service. Jesus is still ushering in the kingdom of bringing in health and life. Someone told me last week how they've been feeling bound up in fear and anxiety. And God spoke to them and suddenly it was like the chains broke. And they could breathe freely and their wings could, they could open up their wings as it were. People are hearing the truth of God's word and being set free. Experiencing forgiveness. Knowing tangible comfort and finding new life in Jesus. He's still ushering in the kingdom of God. He's doing it today. He may be doing it today in you in a way that you feel, he's touched me today. I know something of the kingdom of God coming to me today. I just had a text earlier on, somebody saying, you might want to share this today. Another incredible healing this week where somebody felt uh, a sort of sciatic nerve problem. They they, they couldn't even drive their car, it was so painful. And then in the morning woke up with such a terrible headache and someone come and prayed for them. And uh, the next morning they woke up all gone. Not just a headache, but everything. Totally healed. Jesus is, is, is about a restoration work. He's about a, an overcoming work, a glorious work of bringing the, the kingdom of God in and making things the way they were intended to be. So he is our hope. And how do we live out of our hope? Well, we admit there's real pain. We don't pretend, oh, there's no pain, or we just carry on stoically. No, we know Jesus didn't do that. He, he, he came into the pain. He acknowledged the pain, but he, he didn't stop there. We don't stop there. Look at the Psalms. The majority of the Psalms are in a category called lament, where the psalmists are saying, God, why is it like this? This is so difficult. Where are you? God doesn't want us to pretend everything's okay. He wants us to pour our hearts out to him. But none of them, those Psalms stay there. They carry on and say, but in you, I'll put my hope. But in you, 
I know strength. But you are my fortress. And so we don't just stay acknowledging the pain. We have real hope. How do we live out of our hope? Well, I'm going to read the whole of Isaiah 54. If I got it. Yeah, I have. It's 17 verses. It's on the screens. But I want to, again, just tell you the quickly the context. Because what I just read before that was from Isaiah 53. And Isaiah 52 is called the Lord's coming salvation. He's coming. Salvation is coming. Isaiah 53 says this is the cross. He was wounded for our transgressions. Explains the cross. And now Isaiah 54 says, and this is the result. This is the result. This is the eternal covenant of peace. And this is the difference that the gospel makes. Hope at every corner. Life coming in. Confidence in Christ. Let's listen to it. Sing, O barren one, who did not bear, break, who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. And let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. And your offspring will possess the nations. And will people the desolate cities. Talking about favor here. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And at the end he said, to bring about the year of the favor of the Lord. This whole thing is now the favor of God is on his people. Verse 4. Fear not. Okay, for you people who are gripped by fear, if you're in Christ, he says, fear not, for you will not be ashamed. If you're somebody who's bound up in shame, fear not. Be not confounded, for you will not be disgraced. Maybe some of you just know, I just feel disgraced. The spirit of the sovereign Lord says you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth. And the reproach of your widowhood, you will remember no more. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. The God of the whole earth, he is called. For the Lord has called you like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit. Like a wife of youth when she's cast off, says your God. For a brief moment, I deserted you, but with great compassion, I will gather you. In overflowing anger for a moment, I hid my face from you. But with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. This is like the days of Noah to me, as I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. So have I sworn that I will not be angry with you, and I will not rebuke you. Do you understand that? If you're in Christ today and you feel, oh, he's angry with me, I just have, I'm not good enough, I haven't done well enough, I just know I, I'm in, I, I mean, he's going to be angry with me. I'm in danger of his anger. He promises, I will not rebuke you. I will not be angry with you because of the cross. The previous passage is about the cross. My anger has been taken out already. And he says, this is not coming. It's like in Noah when he promised, I will not let the waters cover the earth again. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed. But my steadfast love shall not depart from you. And my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. O afflicted one, 
storm-tossed and not comforted. Behold, I will set your stones in antimony and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of ruby and your gates of crystal and all your wall of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord and shall be the peace of your children. You hear this dignity here where well, I'm going I'm to favor you so much that I'm showering you with jewels and rubies and crystals. And he's giving worth back to people who don't know worth. In Christ, you are you're given value and dignity. And all your children, last week we were, we were, again, rocked about this murder and we were fearful for our children. He says this, Your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression for you shall not fear. And from terror for it, is not, for it shall not come on you. If anyone stirs up strife, it's not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Behold, I have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I have also created the ravager to destroy. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall confute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. How do we respond? How do we live in hope? We stand in the gospel. We stand in the death and resurrection of Jesus and we're defiant against everything that comes against us. It's almost too good to be true. We read about every aspect of destruction being reversed. Heartache turned to praise. The inevitabilities of of failure and fading out turned to, no, expand. Expand and strengthen. Fear and shame banished and comfort restored. A loving God of heaven committed to you like no one has ever been and showering you with value and affection and establishing you in righteousness. It's almost too good to be true, but we're called to be a people of faith. People of faith would stand and say, I I don't even know how this is true, but I'm going to believe him. I'm going to be defiant against things that want to tear me down and say, no, you're not loved by God. Yes, I am. In Christ, I'm loved by God. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith is being sure of what you hope for, certain of what you do not see. I think it's time for many of us to believe God and stand in faith and let hope rise up and see how he is turning the world right side up. It occurred to me that God the Father created us and we rejected him. And God the Son came down and we rejected him. And now the Holy Spirit has come. And let this not be known as the era where we rejected him. He testifies to the truth of the gospel. Let us not reject him. Let's believe the Holy Spirit as he testifies with our spirits that Jesus Christ is Lord and that we are standing in him. I heard a, uh, uh, an elderly preacher being asked a question. If you could go back... What would you do differently if you could start your ministry again? And he said, I would expect God for more. Expect God for more. I believe him for more. This is the kind of hope. If you're reading Isaiah 54, you realize, I should have so much hope. The Spirit of God is upon Jesus. He's died for me. The favor of the Lord has now been released. 
to his people. He has favor. He has favor on his people. There is an inheritance for us to stand defiant, to stand strong, stand in the gospel. Perhaps some of you know I have lost hope. I don't have faith in areas. Well, the answer is to, to, to at least contemplate trusting him. What would trusting him look like? Jeremiah 17 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He's like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves remain green. It's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. We put our roots down into so much rubbish, don't we? Looking, hopefully, there's a bit of life there, there's a bit of hope there, a bit of satisfaction. And, and, and Jeremiah is saying, put your roots down by trusting God. Trust in Jesus. And then the heat can come, difficult circumstances will come, and we continue to, to bear fruit and, and live through it. Let's not be those who just who try every different area and, uh, and find, oh, no wonder that my, as it were, my leaves are turning brown. I just, I'm not finding fruit here. Christ is trustworthy. We need to be living out of hope by defiantly trusting him and standing in his favor. And thirdly, how do we go to the broken? Well, God hasn't provided a formula, has he? We've just been talking. He hasn't, hasn't provided a formula, not a take-this-once cure, not a 10-step guide. He has provided a person. A person. Jesus Christ wasn't our rescuer past tense. He is our rescuer. He will always be our rescuer. He continues to rescue. We must go to Ipswich with Christ. We must go into Ipswich with Jesus. A church trying to help a town without giving them Jesus is like a doctor trying to raise someone from the dead by putting a plaster over them. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the hope for Ipswich. He is the one that makes all things new. He is the one that came to usher in the kingdom of God. We must take Christ to the broken and do it in the power of the Spirit. What does that look like? Well, earlier on I said everywhere he went, he spoke truth and wisdom to lies and foolishness. Where can you speak truth and wisdom into lies and foolishness in your life? Where can you do that with your neighbors and your friends, with your family? Where can you, in Ipswich, go and speak life-giving truth to people? He loved the rejected. Where can you love the rejected? Where can you take Christ by loving people who no one else loves? He heals the sick. Can you be quick to offer prayer for people who are sick and, and bring in this kingdom of God with Christ? He forgives sinners and frees the oppressed and comforts and joins the hurting. Can you comfort people hurting? Can you join with them in that, bringing in the love of Christ? And he delights in bringing life. He got inside of the world. He said, I'm coming to your house today. We're not that good at opening our doors. And we close our doors and we say, this is my house. I'm having my time. But even those of us that are good at opening our doors, we're not often good at going into the brokenness. We invite it to us sometimes, but maybe we could be better like Jesus. I'm coming to your house today. Just this week, um, we, my family, we often have, well, we, Friday evenings is our family time where we, we often have a meal together and watch a movie together or do whatever the kids want to do. This week we went to the park and uh, we played football. And it wasn't long before 10 or so of these uh, Romani Romanians um, came and just joined us in the football. And it was such an easy thing. 
But there was a, a few adults, me and my wife, loving and, uh, and laughing and smiling and playing football with these kids. How easy to just bring the love and acceptance of Jesus to people. And now we're thinking, let's try and do that more often on Fridays. We can get our kids involved in this. How easy is it for us to bring in the kingdom of God by sharing Jesus with people, that there may be an opportunity for for us one day to share more of Jesus with those people. Gospel uh, preacher and, and author Matt Chandler says this, He invites us to initiate simultaneously the recover of relationships that have been torn and damaged by a combination of the fall and the unleashing of our own deliberate sins. Our reconnection with God, so unquestionably strong and secure, means we can now reach towards others without needing the acceptance and approval we've already received from the Lord, but rather with the freedom to pour out into their lives the forgiveness and peace of Christ. We've been given forgiveness and peace, so much joy to to offer out, to give out, to to share with others. That's why Jesus declared us to be, you're the light of the world now. He came as the light of the world, and then he said over the church, now you're the light of the world, a city set on a hill. Why would we, being the recipients of joy and peace and love, put it under a basket? Jesus is saying, now, share it. Get it out there that people who are looking for hope, looking for peace, looking for answers, would see there's hope shining brightly. I'm excited about our our new building in the center of town. I'm excited about the name of our church, Hope Church. Having that written across our building, hope that people in town might stumble across it and think maybe, maybe there's hope there. They might come and find Jesus. I'm excited that people in this town would find life and forgiveness and life in Jesus. Again, Matt Chandler says, It's time now to believe enough in the power of the gospel that you'll launch yourself into any situation God leads you towards. Confident that he can use you to accomplish some eternal things with him. Not because you're there, but because he's there in you. He's promised to go with us. Christ in me, the hope of glory. For Ipswich, for the people around me, for the broken. Christ in us, that we would be an outward-looking church who bring in and help Jesus to usher in this kingdom. So the question we have throughout this, this series is, what's your next step? What's your next step? What's the next step for you? Where, where can you be bringing in and ushering in the kingdom of God, the love of God, the acceptance, the forgiveness, maybe the, the going out. We have, a, we have soup kitchen that we run here. We have um, the night shelter. We have other opportunities. Where can you bring the love of Christ to, maybe not that kind of broken, but just to, to your friends and, and, and people around you, your colleagues and your neighbors? They should, be, they should be kind of weirded out by how much we care. <laughs> Our friends should be thinking, why is this guy so interested? Why does she care so much? Because there should be something quite different about us that shines out. Maybe there's uh, more interest you can take. Maybe you can challenge yourself to say, hey, I'm going to ask you know, three people ongoing, how are you at work? And when they tell me, I'm going to take an interest and ask them again how that thing is in a few days. That I would invest in loving people and befriending them. 
There are steps we can take. Only you know the step that you might need to take. So let's just stand. We're going to uh, sing and respond. But again, there's some other responses that we heard a bit in the worship. Perhaps it's that you know you hold back in believing. And instead you choose to stay broken yourself. And today maybe you think, no, now I need to walk free. Now I need to walk free. Because Jesus has done the work of breaking the chains. I need to walk free. Or perhaps... You need to talk to someone and say, hey, I'm going to be doing this. Do you want to do it with me? I'm going to commit to taking a particular next step. Can you keep me accountable to it? Or perhaps it's you know yourself. You need to turn from brokenness and give your life to Jesus. And say, I want to be made new. He makes things new. I want him to make me new. There's so much brokenness. Even in this room, please do be prayed for. We're going to have the prayer team here for anything that you want. We want to love you. We want to, again, usher in the kingdom of God in this room and pray for people. Dear brothers and sisters, loved so much by God, we want to bless people and stand with you. Jesus was asked, why why does he hang around with tax collectors and sinners? And he says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Jesus came for the broken. But he didn't just come to comfort them in a vacuum. He came to bring in the kingdom of God, to turn things all around. He wants to breathe in life today. He wants to breathe in hope. He wants you to be defiant. He wants you to stand. He wants you to shout a a battle cry. Say, we are victorious. We follow the victorious one. Thank you for listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. Please feel free to make a copy of this content, but please do not edit the content in any way.